There's no better place to watch football with friends than Buffalo Wild Wings. They've got all the games on wall-to-wall TVs and a new $5 game day menu with 38-ounce pitchers of Bud Light, Coors Light, and Miller Light, cheeseburgers and brats, and select cocktails. And every Sunday, you can play an exclusive fantasy football game with DraftKings with prizes like free wings for a year. Get to Buffalo Wild Wings for our $5 game day deals. When football is on, you have to be here. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Price and participation vary. Subject to restrictions. Limited time only. Welcome to the underground. The Steel City Underground. A Pittsburgh Steelers podcast made by fans like you. For fans like you. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. I am your host, Joe Kuzma, and joining me once again, back-to-back sessions, Brian Roach. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing great, Joe. How you doing? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. I mean, I'm riding the high. I'm antsy. I'm amped up. I can't wait for 6.40 Eastern time. The Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots, AFC Championship game, Big Ben versus Tom Brady. And I'm going to get something out before we even get to talking here. I have so many trolls out on the internet that just do not like what I'm putting out, the vibes I'm putting out, because you know what? This may be the most biased, one-sided, lopsided, whatever-sided, <laughs> Homer podcast you're going to hear all year. I mean, didn't somebody ask, was that one of those asked and answered or the chat things? Was it Ed Bouchette or was it Bob Labriola that somebody asked if the Steelers actually had a chance to win in this game? And I only have one answer for that. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Absolutely. And... I I think they both actually got asked that. And the funny thing was, in one instance, of course, Labs tends to be very sarcastic. And I think he's either Labs or, or Bouchette. One of the two just went, no. And in fact, why is the point of even playing the game? Let's just put the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's the way it's always going to be, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think that was the answer, to be honest. And if it really were that way, I've seen everything on the line from five and a half to six point underdog for the Steelers. That's the way we like it. Got to go up to Foxborough where, you know, teams don't always win up there. I understand the Steelers got to go on the road. They've kind of shed that moniker of being a bad road team, not beating teams that they should. But on the other hand, you know, if you if you happen to be a non-Steelers fan, you're listening to this and you're leaning towards the Patriots, you you want to hear about how great the uh, New England Patriots are and you want to hear somebody blow smoke up Tom Brady's rear end, just turn on ESPN because they aren't giving the Steelers a chance in this game, just like they didn't give them a chance against the Chiefs. Now, I said last week the AFC Championship game and this is pretty bold, Brian. I say, I'm also saying the NFC Championship game were already played. That means the, the Green Bay Packers, Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl, write it down. And, you know, we were talking earlier, too, about points and point spreads. And I think the Steelers scored touchdowns in this game. I think a lot of people are really over uh, overvaluing the New England defense. They say, oh, well, the secondary is underrated and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, okay, true. They've, they're first when it comes to points allowed. And they're third against the run. But did you see what the Steelers have been doing? Did you see what they did against the Buffalo Bills, who were the, the, the first against the run? Le'Veon Bell had a day that only one other player in the NFL ever had in the history of the league, in the history of professional football, and that was Jim Brown. What do you think he's going to do against the New England Patriots team? Yeah, they haven't given up a 90-yard rusher. This is what i got to hear from some of these trolls. 
I got. <laughs> I, I. They. They totally forget. They win by two points in the opener against the Arizona Cardinals. Sure, they didn't have Tom Brady, but they still get. They still leaked yards to David Johnson. Another game they yep. lost without Brady. They leaked yards to Lashawn McCoy. They may not have run for ninety, but they were close. I think David Johnson had like eighty nine, and yep. and I, I'll pull up the numbers here in a second. But this is all relevant because this is just the fifth time. Believe this or not, the fifth time since two thousand eleven that the Patriots have been a favorite of fewer than six points in a home game with Tom Brady as the starting quarterback. Can you believe that? That's amazing. Um, I mean, it speaks to the bias. There's no question there's a Patriots bias out there and and that there is a view of Tom Brady as he who can do no wrong. Um, but there there's some value to having said at some point, that the Patriots were a juggernaut. But you know what? That's not this team. Yeah, I don't think so either. And just pulling up some of these running backs, and these are their yards from scrimmage, actually. David Johnson with 132. Lamar Miller hit 100 on the button. Carlos Hyde had 110. Giovanni Bernard, I marked down, is 94. And that's significant only because they always run a uh, a two-headed monster over there in Cincinnati. Jeremy Hill yep. being the other running back put on put another 38 on them. So they gave up over 100 rushing it. I think the myth perpetrated is is that they don't give up 100 yards uh, against uh, running backs. But even Lev Bell had 81 rushing and caught 10 passes for 68 yards, and that was against Landry Jones. Uh, this, yeah, the Seahawks. The Seahawks, without Thomas Rawls, ran for 96 yards with C.J. Precise and Kristen Michael, and Kristen Michael was cut two days later. Uh, these guys, uh, they're just, okay, LaShawn McCoy, 108 yards here. He had 70, only 70 rushing. He wouldn't play in the next game, of course. The Bills, an interdivision rival in the AFC East against the Patriots. Mike Jalisi plays. He gets 85 yards, and Tyrod Taylor tacks on another 45 as the Bills rush with three other runners as well for 167, and they did it both times very well. I don't think the Patriots, and we're going to see here in a second because I'm going to go through. Landry Jones may be the best quarterback they've also played the entire season. If you want to, outside of, uh, well, I'm going to say the games that Brady played in because he was suspended for four to start the year. Played in a dozen games. They won 11 of them. The one they lost was against Russell Wilson with that combination of C.J. Parcise and Kristen Michael. And then the other quarterbacks on this list are just, well... They're not that impressive. Uh, you got some thoughts on that before I drill through the list, Bry? To, to say the least, they're not impressive. Um, when, and I, I don't mean to, to belittle Landry Jones, but when Landry Jones may be the highest quality quarterback you've faced all year, um, and I'm I'm discounting Joe Flacco because he's a Raven, but if if Landry Jones is the best you've faced, you haven't faced a lot of high-quality quarterbacks. Yeah, and here's the high-quality. And you know what? Why else might that be important that you need a quarterback who can throw the football? Maybe it's because if you play a team that can't pass, can't throw, can't can't complete any passes, guys can't catch the ball, you can't get those guys, you can't get those defenders out of the box. 
They could stack yep. eight or more. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to stop the run. And that's exactly what happened when they were playing against like Matt Forte and Bilal Powell with the Jets because uh, they got to play Ryan's Fitzpatrick twice. Fitzpatrick was actually benched in one of these games. Now, Fitzpatrick was benched earlier in the season because he was garbage. Uh, just putting that right. politely, what, six interceptions he threw against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh-huh. And, and I don't know, he had a terrible quarterback rating, like a 30-something. I don't have it in front of me now, but I remember I shared it with you. And then he was benched for Bryce Petty, of all people, who's <laughs> not played ever, and it's his second year in the league, and he's a third-string quarterback. Uh, Brady, in the, in the, the first game Brady comes back, they get to play the Cleveland Browns. Cody Kessler is making his third ever start because RG3 got hurt in the first game. Then Josh McCown gets hurt, probably the second or third game, something like that, if the math adds up here. So Cody Kessler is a rookie quarterback taken in the third round of the 2016 draft. He plays. He gets banged up. I don't know if it was concussion protocol or what it was. Uh, They have a guy that comes in that they – grabbed off the street, not even with the team one month, and Charlie Whitehurst that plays in this game. He ends up leaving this game as well, and they have to throw Terrell Pryor out there, who they have converted a quarterback that wasn't good enough to be a quarterback in the NFL, converted to wide receiver, then has to get under center, and he he throws like five passes in this game because he's the emergency quarterback. And this is the type of stuff that New England fans, they're acting like this is the 2015 Denver Broncos defense. This is not the 2015 Denver Broncos defense. You mentioned Joe Flacco. They got to play Andy Dalton as well. Landry Jones was in place, and we're going to talk about some other Steelers that were missing. Tyrod Taylor, they got to face uh, twice, actually, with the Buffalo Bills. Colin Kaepernick, who couldn't beat out Blaine Gabbert in San Francisco for the starting job, not only through camp, but the maybe the first part of the season. Uh, Jared Goff, his third ever start, the number one overall draft pick, who couldn't beat out Case Keenum or was sat because Jeff Fisher, just not a good coach, but not a good, uh, not a good game from him there either. So guess who gets shut down? Todd Gurley, Trevor Simeon. Seventh-round pick a year ago, third-string quarterback during the Super Bowl run with the Denver Broncos. Peyton Manning retires. Brock Osweiler, another guy that the Patriots got to face twice, once in the regular season where they blanked him, and then, of course, a week removed in the playoffs here. But Trevor Simeon's handing off to Justin Forsett, another guy who was barely with the Broncos for maybe not even 10 days where he's carrying the rock over there. Geez, bad quarterback and a bad running back. And you wonder why they only scored three points against the New England Patriots because they they sucked. I can't say it any other way. So they're padding stats. Uh, I think it was the Dolphins here. One of these games, um, Ryan Tannehill, I think it was one of the games where Brady didn't play. They only handed yeah. off the ball ten times, and they had Arian Foster, who retired midseason. Uh, Of course, Matt Moore, who we got to see. And I already mentioned Brock Osweiler once before. 
none of these names pop out. And I get, and I had one of these guys come on and say, well, the Steelers played a lot of these same guys. Well, they, they did, but they played the best ones on this list. Andy Dalton twice and Joe Flacco twice. They did not play against uh, Landry Jones. And they also had to put their backups in and play against RG3, who made a pretty good go of it uh, in week 17, the final regular season game of the season. Yeah, and there's another aspect of this, too. There's another reason that teams haven't been able to run on them. The, the Patriots have, or have not appeared to be able to run on them. The Patriots have only played one of the top 10 lines in the league one if you discount us and i'm discounting us for that first game because we had um some missing parts but other than that it's baltimore who has no running back so even though they may have a good line they've got no running game so if you if you're not playing the top lines you're not playing the top running teams it's real easy to look like you are the best against the run yeah, and just to just to point that out too, the Baltimore Ravens twenty eighth in rushing this season, and of course they had cut Justin Forsett, who then was re-signed. I think I had to deal with yep. some type of bonus deal, roster bonus deal, and and cooking the books for accounting or whatever they do with the salary cap, but they cut him anyways. He ended up in Detroit for a few weeks because they had a dire situation there where like everybody on their roster was injured that that was a runner, and then they cut him, and then he ends up uh, off of waivers with Denver. I mean, the guy bounced around to three different teams. If he obviously had any type of value, he wouldn't have left Baltimore to begin with. That's kind of uh, – he was the only veteran that they actually retained like two years ago. They let everybody else – just leave town, and that's the one guy that they kept, and uh, because he had he had a good year, the one year, and the wheels fell off of him too. So uh, they just, you know, the guys that they did face actually had decent decent numbers. But when you're looking at like Carlos Hyde having Colin Kaepernick in the awful San Francisco defense, these teams are very lopsided that they played against. We saw how Cincinnati imploded this year. It just kind of gets on my nerves that everyone's just sleeping on this Steelers defense that were missing a lot of moving parts when they played the New England Patriots in Week 7. And that, of course, was Big Ben is the big obvious one there. And, Brian, I'm trying to look for my statistics. Well, I'll tell you, just stick on the defensive side. On the defensive side of the ball, you got James Harrison, who's playing half the snaps. Now he's playing all the snaps. You got Artie, who was playing just over half the snaps. Now Artie Burns is playing the whole game. Sean Davis played 5% of the snaps in that first game. 5%. He's not playing 100% of the time. Bud was hurt. He played none. He's playing all the time. And Shazier only played about half the snaps, and he's playing all of them now. That's a much different defense than what they faced the first time around, and they didn't have tremendous success against the defense the first time around. No, in fact, they got up, and they got up right before uh, they were up going into halftime. The Steelers actually could have been up by 3-17-14 instead of down 14-10 at half. There was, uh, well, one of the guys on offense that was was missing, quite frankly, uh, was Marcus Gilbert. Chris Hubbard, who was making his second appearance, everyone thought, oh, they're going to just get killed here with a guy who's a guard who hadn't played tackle in the NFL and barely played tackle in college. And he got, like, one of the highest pro football focus grades, like, a week 
prior to that. And then so you head in and you stroll into week seven. Uh, Landry Jones has an opportunity, dumps off a nice little pass to Darius Hayward Bay. That's a, That would have been their second touchdown connection on the day. And it was called back for this is actually what Travis Kelsey thought he saw uh, last Sunday in the divisional round when Harrison fell, when Harrison was actually just mugged. And I think yep. uh, I think even all – I think every talking head looks looked sideways at Kelsey and said, what are you talking about? It doesn't get more textbook than that. But Chris Hubbard up against um, – I want to say Landon Collins. That's the kid from the Giants, though. Uh, uh, Jamie? Is it Jamie Collins? The one that they shipped out to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Jamie Collins, yes. One of, one of their best defenders who's not on this roster now. So you take one of the guys that was one of their best defenders – and he's gone. He slipped and fell, and they called a they called a hold on Hubbard, and that took six off the board. Otherwise, Landry Jones was in a position because the Patriots end up putting they end up putting making a two score game. And they kept playing chess with uh, running with Legarrett Blunt and seeing what the Steelers would do if they would keep Lawrence Timmons on the field or not. Shazier was coming back from that knee injury. Dupree was on injured reserve. There was the whole linebacker rotation thing. You still had Jarvis Jones out there. This is five defensive players that play a full game. Sean Davis, three snaps because Robert Golden was out there. This is still this was still a residual effect from Senquez Golson getting hurt during training camp. He was meant to be maybe the slot guy. Uh, and then uh, William Gay was playing on the outside, so Sean Davis had to become that nickel corner. When that all got sorted out and already became the starter, Davis moved into that strong safety position that Golson, that, uh, I'm sorry, not Golson, but Golson, Golden had been playing. This was the position that Davis was drafted to play in, and he only came off the field for like one snap during this entire, and that was the one we saw on TV. He looked a little rocked, uh, maybe two snaps total uh, because of the whole injury thing. If you get caught, if they, they stop the clock for you for an injury, you have to leave the field for one play. This guy has played every single snap in the nine-game win streak. This is a whole. This defense is built differently. You only put eleven guys out there, and five of them—that's almost half. If you could do that, even that's Yinzer math. We could get that right. That's half. That's half of the defense that was not in place versus the New England Patriots. And then, of course. Uh, Many people forget this, too. Antonio Brown got hurt in that game. They were, they were feared that he had a quad injury. Darius yep. Hayward Bay actually played more snaps than Antonio Brown. Kobe Hamilton on offense, making his second start ever after coming off the practice squad. Eli Rogers was in a walking boot, did not end up playing. And uh, Sammy Coates, I think, may have had like five snaps. He broke his fingers two weeks earlier. The offense yep. is different, too. We didn't even mention Ladarius Green because we really don't know if he's going to play or not. Now he's, now he's sick. He's still in concussion protocol. We're going to see what happens there completely different looking team absolutely there's no question about it it's from top to bottom this team is not the same team that played the patriots early in the season and while sure the patriots are slightly different too i think the argument argument can be made that the differences in the patriots make them a lesser team than making them a better team and our differences definitely are improvements no gronk as you mentioned jamie collins has been traded away They've got a lot of bumps and bruises along the rest of their receiving crew. Uh, Mar- uh, Martellus Bennett has has been limited all week. I still think he'll play, but he's certainly banged up, so he's not 100%. I think that, you know, the Patriots certainly since that game aren't the same in a 
in a bad way, and we're not the same in a good way. I totally agree. And you were talking about like some of the numbers that everyone's always talking about. It's almost like they just ignore that Ben Roethlisberger has had a lot of success, probably as much success or secondary only to maybe Tom Brady. And Tom's just been doing it a little bit longer than Ben has. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is not only set the record once, but set it uh, two weeks in a row now. And I was trying to I was trying to find this number, and I had it somewhere, and ah, I found it. So two games span the most rushing yards by running backs in NFL postseason history. You had Terrell Davis who ran for 366, Marcus Allen who ran for 345, Lev Bell for 337. That's not something to, to take lightly if you're the Patriots, no matter how good you think you are against the run. If you're in case you're wondering about a shutdown corner that the New England Patriots may have with this quote underrated secondary. The last two times Antonio Brown has gone up against Malcolm Butler, he has 15 catches for 230 yards and a touchdown. And the reason he didn't have a touchdown on the last time was quite frankly, he had Landry Jones who threw a pick, uh, just didn't put the ball in the best spot for AB. They weren't on the same page. And that's going to happen when a guy's making like his only his third or fourth career start period in the league. And that's kind of the, the, the whole narrative narrative here with the Patriots they're picking apart quarterbacks every this is a quarterback driven league uh, quite frankly I had somebody say well they were playing all the same guys okay we played Scott Tolzien but I guarantee you Scott Tolzien probably played better than anybody that I mentioned off of that list we still played against Alex Smith and Eli Manning and those teams made the playoffs um, I just don't think that the Patriots had as strong of a schedule and when they were playing a team that should have been good on paper such as the Denver Broncos that team just wasn't at full strength as well they had a number of deficiencies there uh, everybody's talking about the number two. Who's going to be the other guy besides Antonio Brown? I'm showing you the numbers. I'm telling you right now, there doesn't need to be another guy besides Antonio Brown. But let me tell you something. Do you think people were asking the same question when the Patriots were strolling into the Super Bowl and playing the Giants? What this is the unbeaten year that, oh, who's going to be the other guy? You think, uh, you, you think they were looking for Mario Manningham to light them up in the way they did? This is the job. Of course, of course not. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous, but let's just entertain it for a second. Who could be that second guy, Brian? The biggest difference between the last time and this time, and the guy who I think is going to step up and be that second guy is Eli Rogers. And you know, he didn't play the first time, and they didn't have to deal with him. He has pl- made strides to be better each week. He has continued to grow. His rapport with Ben has continued to grow. I think that Eli Rogers could have a big game. And all he has to do, literally all he has to do, is make a few good catches. And the Patriots can no longer focus on Antonio Brown. The other, the other potential thing here is, and as we, as we talked about, the Patriots' defense hasn't played an offensive line like ours. They haven't played an offensive line where your left tackle can pull I couldn't believe it when I saw it last week. Alejandro Villanueva pulling to lead a sweep around the right side. They don't play those kind of guys. This is an athletic, aggressive, nasty offensive line that they've never seen anything like. 
Le'Veon Bell is going to have a good day. He may have another great day. I don't think that necessarily you need that second receiver to be huge when you have Le'Veon carrying the ball. If you have Eli make a couple catches, I think that's all you need. Yeah, the offensive line, actually some of their numbers, and I was trying to find who the reference this from. If I actually find it, it would be great. I'm always like screwing around on the computer here and the iPad and whatnot, and I have all these things open. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing things most conference. In fact, uh, this this is for all the marbles too because uh, Patriots have been to, what, eight uh, Super Bowls. The Steelers have been to eight Super Bowls. This will be for the team who goes to the most Super Bowls. will be nine by default of whoever wins this game. But the offensive line for the Steelers, I want to say it was like pro football focus or something. They were talking about like uh, yards per yards per run and uh, how many times they've blown people off the line and blah, 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 blah. And it just everybody wanted to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. And, in fact, the probably the best line or at least second best line in the NFL, definitely the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Patriots are going to have their hands full just with that. I agree with Eli Rogers maybe being one of those guys. It could be anybody. I mean, any of these guys, you don't know who's going to step up uh, in this game, and it could easily be it could be any of these guys. To be honest, uh, if if Green even plays, we saw Jesse James open up the game against Kansas City, and I keep saying I, the reason I said that was like the AFC Championship game is because I believed that the Chiefs had a much better shot at shutting down the Steelers' offense, which for the for a large part they did. The Steelers, uh, they're only gave the Chiefs the ball twice. One was an interception. It was a, t- a tip drill there at the line. And then, of course, yep. the other the, the other punt that they had, one punt by Jordan Berry. So, on the other hand, I saw a Jadavian Clowney coming out party with the Houston Texans game. I saw a Patriots team that was rattled until they pretty much settled in and knew that they had the game at hand. Tom Brady complaining at referees because he was getting bumped. He was getting pressured. Julian Edelman getting rocked all over the place as well, complaining about a little ticky-tack like hand fighting and things of that nature. I think on one he actually really did get yanked and they just completely flat-out missed it. But they were it was almost like they felt so entitled to that victory before they even had the game won that it was it was getting to them. It was in their head. And I could see something very similar. This is one of my bold predictions it's going to be in the article, Bri. I could see a Travis Kelsey situation with like someone like Julian Edelman. I'll even go as far as to say Martellus Bennett because – those Bennett boys, sometimes I like them and sometimes I don't. I mean, sometimes they're funny. They seem like they're really cool guys. And other times when I see or hear of them, they just kind of seem like uh, jerks and maybe a little bit unstable. This is one of those things I think if the Steelers get in their head, if the Steelers get up because the Patriots aren't used to playing from behind – Not at all. I really think it's going to quiet the crowd there, and it's going to cause some additional problems with the Patriots. Now, Tom may be able to keep his cool, but I think once that starts happening and seeing how Clowney got to the QB, I don't see any reason why any of our four linebackers can't get to Tom. This This is the enduring vision I've had for the last three days. Lawrence Timmons coming through either the A-gap or the B-gap and just blowing Tom Brady up. The same way he did <laughs> two series in a row to Matt Moore. 
I absolutely, you know, it was funny when they lined up in the stadium for that and may have mentioned this on a prior podcast. I'd seen this before and I'm like, Timmons is coming. Timmons is coming. And oh, damn if he didn't. (laughs) Yeah. And the best part is all they did was flip the play and ran it again. On the very on like was it was either was it third down or four, no or maybe it was third down and then they had like that little uh, uh, screen pass or wheel route to the running back yeah. uh, and that ended the game on fourth down effectively right there but all he did was flip the play and ran it on the other side again and Timmons blew up I think it was Kenyon Drake who was trying to or maybe Damian Williams was trying to block back there and they just got totally housed. I saw James Harrison. He's done that this year as well. I just yep. I had visions of the way Clowney was coming off the edge. They have the same visions with Bud Dupree. He went and did it against mm-hmm. the Chiefs and got Alex Smith, and there was, another, there was another tip drill that was right there. So really the only thing I see as a problem or advantage for the Patriots overall is that those a-holes got a day-and-a-half head start to prepare. Yeah, uh, I mean, they they got time to prepare, and hopefully what's happened in that time to prepare is that they've all sat down and gone, damn. <laughs> Meaning, we're not liking what we're preparing for. No. This is this is an aggressive unit, and, and I, I shared this article. I read it last year after we lost to Denver. There was a great article um, that somebody wrote, uh, and I can't remember where I'd give them credit for it, Behind that, the Steel Curtain, maybe. Was it Behind the Steel Curtain? I saw you share it, too. I was just trying to give some credit. I think it might have been them. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. It Maybe. I don't remember. I could probably look it up, but it would take me too long. <laughs> it was It was absolutely fantastic, and I think it spoke directly to the difference between that team and this team. They were hurt by losing that game because they absolutely believed they should have won. We all believed they should have won that game in Denver. And... You know, minus that one fumble, they looked like they were they dominated that game and they should have won that game. And they don't want to feel like that again. And this is this is a team that is absolutely battle tested and driven. They've now won in what I still think is the most difficult place to play, Kansas City. They have gone on the road and beaten teams on the road. They've won nine games in a row. And some of them have been tough. But you know what? All that does is harden you. So I'm not I'm not terrified of going up to New England. Uh, yeah, Foxborough has been a bugaboo for us. Brady has been a bugaboo for us when we have had to go there. But this is different. It's a different team. Last year, I don't think I'd have felt this confident because last year the team at times, and definitely the year before that, they didn't show that they knew how to close a game out, that they had that – ability to win this team knows how to win I totally agree it's and it's only seems like it's getting better as we go on everybody wants to point out what Tom Brady has done against the Steelers or what Ben Roethlisberger hasn't done against the Patriots well overall in 10 conference final games because this is the sixth one the sixth straight one that the Patriots are playing in because they really only have to win one game by virtue of playing in their awful division and Brady in 10 of those games 12 touchdowns and 12 interceptions those are not the Tom Brady of legend better than Dan Marino or Joe Montana type numbers those are Charlie Batch 
numbers, backup quarterback numbers. And when you look at the killer bees that are available for this game, now you finally have Le'Veon Bell on the field, you finally have Big Ben on the field, and you finally have Antonio Brown on the field. You have all three of them against the Patriots. The Patriots still have not been have had to contend with that. When they went up to Foxborough to open up the previous year, Le'Veon Bell was suspended then too. Yeah. It was the D'Angelo Williams show. You didn't have Big Ben when they played at Heinz Field this time. So what happens when you have AB and LB who've conv- who have combined for 876 total yards in their last three games together? That is just a huge number. You could try and take away one. I don't think you're going to take away both. So me and you both have talked about this. We think that Le'Veon Bell, a lot of people, oh, well, the Patriots haven't given up a 90-yard rusher, and they've only given up six touchdowns, and Brady's only thrown two picks. I think Brady's good for a pick, maybe two in this game. Bold prediction. I think Le'Veon Bell has the opportunity He has the opportunity, not going to say he is going to do it. You are going to say, I think, that he could break his record again. And I think he's good for a buck 50 minimum, all purpose. Not necessarily rushing, buck 50 minimum, catching, receiving, and of course, running the football. And I think he'll break that 90 number too. Absolutely. I think, I think he definitely goes over 100 yards on the ground. Um, I think there is a good chance that he hits a buck 50 on the ground and has 200 total all-purpose yards. I will not be shocked, although I'm not quite ready to say um, that he can break his record again three, you know, for the third time uh, or for the second time in a row, but it won't shock me if he does. I agree with you. I think Brady's going to throw a pick, maybe two. I think Shazier gets one. I think maybe Artie gets one. Um, maybe he even throws a third and Will Gay breaks the, uh, you know, CD record. Why not? Yeah, this is, I think Brady's going to hit the ground several times. I think he's going to be pressured the whole game. I don't think they're going to run. I don't think they're going to be able to run. I think that they are going to stuff blunt. I think they're going to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And I will not be surprised at all. If we get to the end of this game, and it isn't close, but it's not close because the Steelers are way out ahead. That's the way I feel, and I didn't feel as facetious when we were talking off the air about the score. I think it could be two scores that could be as little as 10 points, maybe 9 points. Uh, but I do feel good about that. I do think that they could beat the spread. I do think they could do it in Foxborough. I don't care if the headsets don't work. I do think that experience that had happened to them before, that they're prepared for that as well. We mentioned it. I also don't think that the Patriots, well, I think we're going to get after Tom Brady, and pressuring Tom Brady is always paramount to, of course, uh, as Ben said, slay the dragon. Um, Yeah. I don't think Ben himself, he's already a hard guy to bring down. You've taken Collins off of this team. I don't see anyone that scares me on this defense that's going to be able, let's put it this way, what is it, 21 total sacks the Steelers have given up? Maybe that was the regular season number. I know they've only given up one apiece to Miami and Kansas City. I don't see the Patriots, if they get the Ben, 
no more than twice. They might not get to him at all. They didn't even get to Landry Jones in the first contest. I agree with you. I don't think they're going to touch Ben. If anybody sniffs him, it might be Ninkovich, but I don't think that they're going to. I don't think they get anywhere near him. I think he has plenty of time. I think there'll be holes. I think that this group of Steelers linemen right now are playing at a, at the best. I think right now, without question, they're the best offensive line unit in the NFL. That's the way they've been playing over the last nine games. They are overwhelming their opponents on the defense. They are keeping Ben upright and clean. And I think the only people who can beat us are us. That's- as long as we avoid mistakes, we avoid turnovers. I don't think the Patriots can stop our offense, and I'm not sure that they can run willy-nilly up and down the field, either through the air or on the ground, on our defense. No, if anything that's going to find them success, it's going to be the it's going to be the thing that killed us against the Eagles. And if you remember some of the injuries, Shazier gets hurt in that game. I think uh, Timmons may even come off the field for a spell there too. It was those little yeah. dink and dunk passes to the running backs, and that didn't work so well. And somebody wanted to point out they said you know Spencer Ware was open for one that uh, Alex Smith missed him with. I debunked that Tyreek Hill being open down the field type thing. There was another situation where Chris Conley was in fact open. Open. There's a few of the connections they made with like Kelsey and Macklin. All these things are on film now. Not only have the Patriots saw, to, saw them so they could exploit them, but it's good that these are on film because as far as a learning experience, the Steelers have now, they see it too. They know it's on film and they know what to fix. Belichick yep. is really going to have to dig deep in his pockets to find it. They, they say Bill always finds these type of things. I do think and believe it or not, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp coming around maybe and saying that Tomlin is underrated. I think it's about time. We've been singing the praises forever. This this is the shining moment. I want to see us take this game, and it's gonna. it may not be decisive until we get into about three quarters of football, but in that fourth quarter, I want to know that we're all booking our tickets to Houston. I think that if we can start – relatively strong simply even if we keep pace i think we can pull ahead as the game wears on because i think our strength is their weaknesses um and i think that at the end of the day i don't care if we win by one point i think we're going to win by several more than that but i don't care how many points we win by i just want to be able to say it's time to head to houston yeah how sweet that would feel Brian, we've been talking. We could probably talk forever about all the hypotheticals in this game, but me and you, obviously, a lot of people were freaking out. I think the reason they were sleeping on the Steelers, obviously, was the Chris Boswell killer B performance of six field goals. I don't think that the Patriots have the same type of defense that's built to stop the Steelers in much the same way. There's going to be some back and forth. Like I said, like you said, I should say, just to reaffirm what you said, penalties, really that's the only way we've ever lost any of these games. You beat yourself. Penalties. Yep. Uh, Deion Lewis had a kick return as well. Not as dangerous as Tyreek Hill, but if they have the same type of sharp focus, we have some of these guys amped up and uh, chipping in on the special teams game. I don't think there's a whole lot of concern there. I feel really good. 
I know a lot of people thought I was borderline crazy last week, but last week I had a little bit of uneasy feeling in my gut. I say it one more time. I felt like that was going to be the team that would win the AFC championship and head to the Super Bowl. I'm saying even more now. I feel the most confident that I have probably of any of the predictions that I've made this year, even including that final Cleveland Browns game with the backups. I agree. And I'm going to make my one bold prediction that I'm going to give you is that Chris Boswell only kicks extra points. Wouldn't that be nice? I would truly, truly cherish that, and that's nothing against Chris. But I mean, I've seen some, I've seen some really crisp things. Even looking at special teams film, I like the way that they shut down Tyreek Hill a week earlier. Oh. And Alex Smith, he plays just about as safe as Tom Brady. And without Rob Gronkowski, I think this is the big factor that everyone is overlooking. He has been the Steelers' killer. He is not there. He cannot play. He is on injured reserve. His season is done, and I think that's the way the Patriots' season goes. Brian, thanks again for joining me today. Joe, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And fans... Thank you so much for hanging with us on this wild ride. We hope it continues well beyond Sunday and uh, an additional two weeks down to Houston. Hold your breath. It is still going to be a bouncy wild ride. Until next time, be safe, be good, and I'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for D. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.